Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Melbourne is waking up to shock new COVID restrictions. The government has ordered Victorians to wear masks indoors again. The decision was only made late last night after a crisis meeting. It's been implemented today, this morning, and there's growing speculation of a three-day hard lockdown. Comes as Sydney-siders are forced to stay home for another fortnight. Long delays again this morning as residents rush to get tested Nat. Greater Sydney, including the Central Coast, the Blue Mountains, Wollongong and Shell Harbour will remain in lockdown until at least July 30. New South Wales recorded 97 new cases yesterday. 61 were linked to known cases. 31 cases were in the community for all or part of their infectious period. Of those 97 new cases, 70 are from southwestern Sydney. 14 are from the southeast. Five are in the city. Four in the west, two are in the north, and two are from Nepean Blue Mountains. This graph shows the number of new daily local cases in New South Wales over the past week. Health authorities say we can expect case numbers to bounce around until we see the effects of an extended lockdown. 71 coronavirus patients are in hospital in New South Wales. 20 are in intensive care, including one person in their 20s and two people in their 30s. Four are on ventilators. Victoria has 11 new cases. Four are from the Maribyrnong apartment building, plus two elderly parents of a man from that block. All of these are linked to Sydney removalists. The seventh case was infected at Coles Craigieburn and is linked to a Hume family member who left home quarantine to grab some essentials. The eighth case is from the same Hume family and a teacher at Bacchus Marsh Grammar has tested positive and infected two of his family members. New exposure sites include the MCG and the High Point Shopping Centre. In South Australia, 118 close contacts of the infected Sydney removalists lists have been identified. Health authorities are also investigating a potential hotel quarantine breach and warning of new restrictions, possibly as early as today. Here's Koshi. All right, let's go live to our team of reporters. Nathan Templeton first in Melbourne. Nathan, masks made mandatory overnight and implemented right now. So a lot of people would have gone to bed and not realised this. Uh, will the government go further? 
It's really in the balance at the moment, Koshi, and will depend on today's COVID numbers. As you mentioned, masks mandatory indoors. Authorities are also <laughs> considering reducing the number of people allowed in hospitality venues, in home visits, possibly even a full lockdown. It would only be a short one, you would think, but that would be our fifth here in Melbourne. So people are fed up. Uh, all these new cases come from two separate outbreaks, uh, and Victorians are filthy with, well, the two parties, the removal team from Sydney who have infected the apartment block and haven't been forthcoming with all of their information to contact traces and also the family from Hume who brought the Sydney uh, the virus back from Sydney they also went to prohibited places and broke their permit rules so they have caused this to spread there are dozens of exposure sites the new tier one locations are the number 82 tram around Footscray Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club in Craigieburn the sporting club and the McDonald's and also the DFO at Bandura. But really, we're all just sweating on today's numbers mm. to see if we go back into lockdown. Koshi? Uh, Tom Hartley, you're at that testing clinic at Fairfield in City South West, which was overwhelmed yesterday. What's it like there this morning? Well, Koshi, quite different here this morning. The end of the queue is only about 100 metres that way. The start of it is about 200 metres that way. All in all, about four dozen cars lined up so far. I think this fellow here beside me has fallen asleep. <laughs> but that just tells you how slow going this is at the moment. They are starting to move through as, as the morning goes on. This clinic is now a 24-hour facility. A lot of these people here, essential workers, getting their... Uh, their three or getting a test every three days but the rules have now changed they, they actually have until Saturday to get their first test now also developing here this morning in Sydney's southwest, Liverpool Hospital is on edge after it was learned a, a pregnant woman who was infectious attended for a caesarean section on Tuesday. All non-urgent surgeries there have been postponed now and some staff have been told to isolate as contact tracing continues. And now have a look at these harrowing images. They've, they've been released showing us inside a Sydney COVID ICU ward, the horrific reality faced by 20 or so people of all ages who are suffering in a lonely fight for life at the moment. Health authorities want us to see this, this. they want us to see these pictures to understand that this virus doesn't discriminate. Let's take a listen. Uh, there were 97 cases recorded yesterday, 24 of those were infectious in the community. It's hoped that this two-week lockdown extension reduces both of those numbers drastically and very quickly. Political reporter Rob Scott in Canberra and Rob, the Prime Minister, continues to hit back at the Victorian Government over funding accusations. Yeah, that's right, he does, Koshi. Uh, the Andrews government is really not happy with the $5 billion uh, bailout package on offer to businesses and workers uh, caught up in Sydney's lockdown, arguing that uh, that financial assistance goes way beyond anything it received during its lockdown in May, accusing Scott Morrison of favouring his home state. Victorian businesses and workers um, had, to, you know, had to stack on an absolute turn to get any support from the Commonwealth during the, the, the last lockdown. The PM says that is nonsense, really doubling down on what he said on Sunrise yesterday, explaining that the financial help New South Wales got for the first two weeks of the lockdown is exactly the same as Victoria. And it's only because Sydney's lockdown has now been extended that those payments have been increased, reminding Victoria of all the help it's already received. Last year, when Victoria went through that terrible lockdown for many months, 
the federal government was pumping in some three quarters of a billion dollars every single week over the many months of that lockdown. Business groups today just calling for the political squabbling to be put aside. Koshi. Elliot Chipper, you're at Brisbane Airport this morning where Olympic athletes are accusing the Queensland government of favouring the NRL. Koshi, if you're an athlete from Greater Sydney, apparently you can come to Queensland. It just depends on what sport you play. Hundreds of NRL players and staff touched down in Queensland yesterday ahead of uh, the rest of the NRL season. But it comes as eight track and field Olympic hopefuls are stuck in Greater Sydney this morning as after their request to come to Queensland, join their teammates up in Cairns was denied by the Queensland government. Critically, that means they'll go straight from the cold Sydney winter straight into the humidity and heat of summer Tokyo as well as uh, missing out on the chance to go to the opening ceremony with their teammates and flying out, landing just days before they're set to compete. It comes mm. as those on the Queensland and New South Wales border face a nervous wait to see if Queensland will shut their borders to the rest of New South Wales. OK, let's go back to Melbourne. Nathan Curry is outside AFL House. Nathan, the NRL has moved to Queensland. What are all these changes mean for AFL games ahead of this weekend? Well, there's already been one change so far, Koshi. The Ballarat game between the two Sydney teams, that's been moved to Queensland. The Swans and the Giants have been based in Victoria, but they're getting out of here this morning. The Western Bulldogs will do the same. They're meant to be playing on the Gold Coast Saturday, so they're going a day early. Watch this space for the, for the Melbourne games. No changes yet, and to crowd sizes, but you would think there would have to be, considering all, all this chaos was sort of sparked by uh, one of Victoria's positive cases attending the MCG on Saturday afternoon for the Geelong and Carlton game. They've already identified around 2,000 people that may have come into contact with that individual, including players' partners. The Cats themselves, they're already in Perth ahead of tonight's game with Fremantle, so they're now isolating in their hotel and they will have to record a negative test before they can play in tonight's game. Koshi? OK. All right, Nathan, thank you. Sydney's lockdown has been extended for another two weeks after the state recorded another 97 locally acquired cases. 20 patients are in intensive care, including 53-year-old John, who's shown here on a ventilator at St Vincent's Hospital. And while the video is confronting to watch, it is something that doctors want all Australians to see. It's not an ad, it's a real person there. The release of the video comes as health authorities in Victoria race to control two separate clusters of COVID-19, which have both stemmed from New South Wales. 11 new cases were reported yesterday, with the MCG listed as an exposure site. Masks will now be mandatory in the state in all indoor settings, apart from at home, and a three-day lockdown is being considered. Joining me now is epidemiologist at Monash University, Professor James Trower. Morning to you. Let's start with that situation in Morning Victoria. Now. Is a snap lockdown inevitable? Well, I think it seems very likely. We've seen increasing cases over the last few days, more exposure sites every day. And I think we know that if we go early with lockdowns, the earlier we go, the shorter they need to be. And so we need to get on top of this. And we still don't really understand the scale of the, of the number of cases that are being created at the moment. Um, so I would really support an early lockdown. So when would that be announced? Because, as you said, they've got to go early. Will they wait till today's numbers go in? Will it set in over the weekend? 
Well, I'm not part of the decisions, unfortunately. Um, I think I think it would be appropriate too. I think it could certainly be considered today. I was very glad to see that masks are being mandated indoors. That's a very sensible thing to do first up. And then lockdown measures are, are logical to follow after that. I think considering that today uh, is, is very reasonable. Um, often it's announced in the morning, so we'll wait to see what happens later this morning um, from the politicians. This decision that masks are compulsory indoor and outside. That was only made about midnight last night. They must be pretty concerned in Victoria. Yes, but it's also a very logical first thing to do. It's much more reasonable to ask people to wear masks universally, universally particularly inside, than ask people to close businesses. So we, we really need to uh, mandate masks broadly very early in any response and come to lockdown measures next. OK, there's been some modelling done that shows Sydney's current restrictions could last for months until these vaccination rates get high enough to bring down the cases. How long do you think it's going to take to get this outbreak in Sydney under control? Well, I agree with what other epidemiologists have suggested, people like Tony Blakely who have suggested that we go really hard in Sydney, lock down to try to drive the reproduction number well below one. So the number of people being infected by each index case is less, is well below one. And then we could get back down towards zero cases as quickly as possible. Try to do that within a few weeks and then release again. That's really what's been effective in the Australian COVID response over the last several months. So what is hard? Does that mean shutting all the big stores? I think so. I mean, I think something more akin to what we saw in stage four in Victoria um, last year, that's beyond what New South Wales are doing at the moment. And I think there's scope to do considerably more. Um, but I think we need to understand what the purpose of that is. The reason to do that is to drive right back down to zero, because once you get to zero, if there's no community cases at all, then you can release and get much closer back to normal and allow people to, to go about their daily lives again. OK, we did see a bit of criticism um, of the government's COVID advertising campaign. Now we have this, this video of a real patient or several of them in ICU released by um, a major hospital. Do you think this will make people take notice? Well, yeah, I think so. But I, then I also think people are already concerned about this. There's already a lot of fear in the community. So we have to get the balance right. I was quite concerned about some of the advertising that went around Sydney. We need to get the messages out. We need to bring the community on board with everything that we're doing. I think people already understand that vaccination is important and, uh, and that needs to be promoted. But there's a whole science around health promotion and, and we need to use that to get the messages right. Yeah, more scientists telling us about the actual messages, isn't it? And sending people to their GP for the information. Thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Here's Koshi. Now, Melbourne residents are growing anxious over fears of another COVID lockdown just four weeks after the city's last stay-at-home restrictions. And business owners want assurances the federal government will give them adequate financial support ongoing. I can assure you that if any other state found itself in the situation that New South Wales is now in, then we'd be providing that same support. Look, there's now a war of words over the relief packages offered to New South Wales and Victoria has been escalating with the Victorian Chamber of Commerce calling for politics to be put aside. Uh, we're joined now by the Chamber's Chief Executive, Paul Guerra. Paul, good to see you again. Look, mate, can you take the politics out of this? Is our New South Wales businesses getting a better deal in terms of assistance from the federal government than Victorian businesses got? 
Look, good morning, Koshi. And what we'd say is in times of crisis, we want our leaders to come together. You know, up until the end of March, we had a really good system working. We we're hoping the virus was over. It's not. It's clear now with New South Wales going into extended lockdown and Melbourne sadly looking like on the verge of another one. You know, New South Wales will be in lockdown longer than what Victoria have been with lockdown for. That may extend for Victoria as well. What we want to see now is if that's the position that's been put in place, let's put that in enshrined in National Cabinet so that businesses have okay. certainty. If there's going to be lockdowns, we know what's there. So is New South Wales, though, getting a better deal than Victoria got? Depending on who you talk to, um, Koshi, people will see it that way. You know, ultimately, business don't care where the support comes from. Right. They just need to know that they're going to be able to trade through without, you know, the, the costs are going to build up, there'll be no income coming in. But importantly, they want to make sure that their workers are there and will be there after lockdowns. We did a snap survey yesterday. Certainly 73% of our members that responded said they would like more access, more along the yeah. lines of what New South Wales have got. Your members, which are small business owners throughout Victoria, are they getting sick and tired of the politics, both, uh, both from Labor and Liberal, both from a Labor state Premier and, and Liberal Prime Minister saying, just take the politics out of it, we're really getting frustrated by this? Yeah, we've got um, members that are small business, medium business, large business, and they're all saying to me, particularly over the last period, we want to see the end of this. We're 15, 16 months into it. You're starting yeah. to see tempers become frayed. You're starting to be see you know, people just being worn down by the yo-yoing, particularly in Victoria, you know, with the fourth lockdown. We want to see the end of this. The only way we're going to see the end of this now is vaccine rolling. We know that's still some time off. So before then, we need to keep QR code checking in. And when you're coming into Victoria, from the red zones do the right thing. That's what we're seeing yep. with the outbreak now. Yep, and get the politics out of it. All right, appreciate your time. Good yeah. to see you again, I mean, Paul. we need these two... We need these two... Thanks, Koshi. Yep. Oh, no, no. Uh, you were saying, uh, finish, we need, we need everyone to get on board, I was going to say, we? Yeah, we, we need... Yeah, we do. And we need, you know, the two biggest cities in this country, um, you know, they work so well together. There's a reason that the Melbourne-Sydney our route is either the busiest or the second busiest in the world. We need yep. to see New South Wales back up. We need to see Victoria back up as well. And hopefully yep. that's not too far off. Well said. All right, mate. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, millions of workers across Greater Sydney have been given an economic lifeline to get through the extended lockdown. From today, weekly COVID-19 disaster payments will increase. Workers who have lost 20 hours or more of work a week can receive a payment of $600. Workers who've lost between 8 and 20 hours of work a week can get $375. Our Services Australia General Manager, Hang Jongun, joins us now. Hang, good to see you again. Who can get these payments and from what date? 
Well, look, uh, basically, you've outlined the key criteria there. But look, not everyone can claim today. Uh, In fact, from 8am this morning, only those in the original seven local government areas that were locked down can claim. And that's uh, Bayside, City of Sydney, Canada Bay, Inner Inner West, Randwick, Waverley and Wallara. They're the only areas that today can lodge claims. Now, the remainder of New South Wales, including Wollongong, uh, Greater Sydney, Shell Harbour and Central Coast, as well as the rest of New South Wales, they can start claiming from 8am on Sunday. So that's a really important distinction. Yep. Okay. How do you claim? What's the best way of claiming? The absolute best, simplest, most straightforward way to claim is to go through MyGov. If you don't have a MyGov account, create one. Once you go into MyGov, you'll see there's a button, Commonwealth Support for Coronavirus. If you click on that and follow the prompts, it will take you to a Centrelink account where you can lodge your your claim. Now, this is a tried and true system. It worked in Victoria. It's working in New South Wales. Now, I've got to say, right now we are facing high call volumes. As well as being the busiest time of the year for us, we're getting a lot of unnecessary calls to our emergency line from people wanting yep. to make claims. Okay. And, 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 and there's, trust me, the quickest way is to do it through my go. Okay. So when you go online, how do you prove you've lost work or had your hours cut back? And, and what sort of documentation do you need to upload? Well, look, the government has told us that we've got to strike a balance between getting money out quickly and uh, protecting taxpayers' money. When you go into MyGov and you start answering questions, it will ask you for details of your employer, details of your work hours, as well as information about your ID. Um, We will then do back checks to Ah, ensure the accuracy of that. Uh, You... In some instances, you may need to contact us if there's a question mark about some of the information you're providing us. But what we've found generally is it's a very straightforward process. So it's basically an honour system, but make sure you're honest. A bit bit like your, your tax return. The tax office says, we'll take your word for it. But if we come back and find that you've tried to diddle us, you'll get into trouble. That's absolutely the case. Uh, Look, as with all instances with Centrelink, it it doesn't pay not to provide us with accurate information. Absolutely. Frank, always great to catch up. Thanks for clearing it up for us. A real pleasure. Thank you. Now, Sydney will remain in lockdown for the rest of the month as the city struggles to contain its latest outbreak. 97 new cases were recorded in the community yesterday, 70 of which were in Sydney southwest, taking the outbreak total to 864. The Fairfield area is at the epicentre of that outbreak where the demand for testing over the past 48 hours has caused traffic chaos, a lot of frustration with people forced to queue for hours after new rules were brought in for essential workers. Yeah, let's go live to the heart of the outbreak. Local MP Guy Zangari is in Fairfield along with local resident Shamira Babla, uh, who's in Bosley Park, and Tony Daniel, who's in Greenfield Park. Um, morning to you all. Uh, Guy, first up to you. Gladys Berejiklian urged people not to go to work unless it's absolutely necessary. 
but refusing to clearly define what constitutes an essential worker. Do we need more clarity on that? Because naturally everyone thinks they're an essential worker. They want to keep bringing money into the family. Well, it's indicative of this government's messaging that it's not clear. If the government doesn't know who an essential worker is, how is the rest of the community expected to know that, Koshi? And this is where the frustration lies with the community, because there's been no consideration at all for the 52% of people in Fairfield who can't work at home, who actually need to leave the local government area for various jobs, whether they're on work sites, whether they're in healthcare. It just doesn't cut it. Yeah, I don't get this, um, Guy, because uh, when Victoria went through this, they released a list of essential workers. Look, it, it, as I said before, it is indicative of this government not messaging and people are confused and they're frustrated. You can see behind me there's a line of traffic and this will continue throughout the day. This is now the third day yeah. where people have to line up. People have got jobs to do. They've got food to put on the table, bills to pay. They can't be expected now to do this all the time. And they are feeling the weight. And this is contributing to impacts of mental health yeah. in the community. Yeah. And, and we all need to be told exactly what is right and wrong, mm. what to do. Uh, Shamira, you're a medical student at the local hospital. How have you found the new testing rules and, and how do they affect you? Uh, yes, Koshi. Um... At the moment, it's very difficult knowing that we are, I am a medical student. Yeah. It's very hard knowing that my boss has said that, you know, I got to go get tested. It's mandatory or else don't come to work. I'm just a medical student. It's not just me. There are other students here around this area that have to suffer or we just don't get our degrees or go to work at all. And Shamira, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you apparently went to the clinic uh, late uh, the other night and didn't get tested till four in the morning. Could you tell us what happened there? Yeah. So I pretty much finished work 12.30. By the time I got there, it's like one o'clock. And I was like, okay, we'll just line up. We'll see what happens. We get halfway, we're almost there at the tent to get tested. Police officer comes up to our window and says, look, the mandatory testing doesn't start till Saturday, sorry. Either you stay in the line or you go home. And I was like, I looked at my partner who also is an essential worker. He said, might as well we just stay yeah. and get tested. There's no point. Till 4 a.m. That's unbelievable. You know, yeah. this is this is another case for getting access to self-testing that you can do it at home and because that's just a disincentive. Tony. What's your experience been like? Yeah, good morning, Koshi. Uh, very bad, terrible. Um, went, went to get tested, um, just like Shamira, and got all the way up to the, to the, almost to the entrance of the, of the showgrounds and only to be told to turn around because they'd run out of supplies and to come back no. tomorrow morning. How long had yeah, you been which waiting? Is, which is ridiculous. Oh, over, over three hours. And over then three hours. Run out my wife say... Run out of the kits, the testing kits, which I found very, very strange. And I mean, they, they want us to test every three days, but they don't even have their house in order to 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 to, to be able to do all these testings. Yeah, so yeah. it's not sustainable at all. Yeah. So Tony, I, we talked to someone yesterday who had um, in the street a tradie who had got up at three a.m. 
spent hours in there to get the test and then got, had to get to work at 10 um, and then found out from the Premier yesterday that you don't actually have to get tested in the Fairfield area. You can get tested near your work site, which could be anywhere around Sydney. Do you think yeah. this is not clear? Yeah. It's not clear at all. Absolutely not. I mean, they tell you you've only got 10 kilometres to, to travel to, to to get tested, but how's that sustainable, you know? Um, yeah. we, we, we have all these primary schools during election times where, where they use them to people to go there and vote. Why can't they use these high schools and primary schools for testing as yeah. for testing clinics? And mm. they're nearby as well. You don't have to go as far into Absolutely. the hot spots. Yeah. Um, Guy, you can't help but think that Gladys, the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, is just making these rules up on the run. But we've had blueprints in Victoria... Um, all around the country, surely National Cabinet has a set of rules that everyone should, should follow. We don't need to make it up. Koshi, you would think that after 18 months they would be reaching into the Cabinet to pull out the manual, open it up, so that all the provisions are in place. And third day in, they're not. I mean, how can it be possible that they don't have enough testing kits? We've been calling for this now for three days. Extra yep. resources, troops on the ground, 24-hour testing sites right across the local government area. Koshi and Nat, it goes in one ear and then out the other. This yep. is why our residents are so frustrated and it's indicative of this government's treatment of yep. South West Sydney when it comes to health. Yeah, and, and also the whole region is trying to do the right thing. Mm. That's a frustrating That's bit, the isn't it? Line. You're trying to do the right thing. But then government's not delivering, the infrastructure's not delivering on it. Um, no. It's been a real eye-opener talking to you guys. Really appreciate your time. Thanks Thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Thank Good you. Morning. Thanks, All the best. Thank Thanks, you, Nat. Thank you. It is an eye-opener, isn't I know. it? It's really... Cause on you the ground. Just keep knocking the government. But these people's lives are yep. just... Everyone is in yep. a mess.